Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. My name is J.R. Mizrak, and today I am joined by Jacob Polakovich from Southern Indiana University. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on again. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Of course, of course. Now, you played basketball, and you had a great season, you know, statistically uh, for your team this year, leading um, the conference, the OVC, in rebounds and being second overall in the country in that category. But before we get into this collegiate career, uh, when did you first start playing basketball? Man, I so my mom tells me stories. Obviously, I don't remember, but she said as soon as I could walk, I was I was out there trying to dribble basketball up and down our street. And, um, you know, it's it's actually funny because going into high school, so my, the, my summer after eighth grade year, um, I went to the high school basketball coach and told him I was going to go out for wrestling instead of basketball. And uh, he looked me in my eyes and, and he told he, he basically told me, no, uh, he's like, that's not how this is going to work. Um, they're going to play basketball. You're going to give this another chance. And, uh, you know, we obviously we grew our relationship became really close because of that. And, you know, the fact that the fact that I took that seriously with him has kind of put me where I'm at today and sent me down the path I've gone down today. Now, you know, you mentioned wrestling there. Did you play any other sports while you were in high school, middle school? So I played I played football growing up um, and football, basketball. I played some lacrosse in middle school, but, you know, I played football my freshman year of high school. Uh, I broke my ankle pretty bad that year and then came back um, the next year, played on varsity for, for the majority of the season. And then just kind of at that point, I decided that, you know, I, I'd like to I was pretty sure, certain with playing basketball. I wanted to kind of focus in on basketball and you know, see where that could take me and try try and get my school paid for that way and, you know, try and see how far I can make it with this little this orange ball. But um I played football and honestly it, I loved football and, and I was pretty I was I would say naturally I was probably a better football player than basketball player. Um the thing I always preferred with basketball really is is that, you know, I can go to the gym and work work on one specific move, one specific thing and see that translate directly into the game and like with football, I never got that same feeling. And maybe that's because I played defensive end. Maybe I, if I played one of the, the skill positions at a running back or quarterback, it might be a little bit different. But, you know, for me, that's that's kind of why basketball always took my eye. Now, before we get into this collegiate career, you know, you had a pretty successful team career when it came to high school basketball, conference titles, district titles. What was it like being on, you know, a team that had some success at those you know, championship levels? Yeah. So, you know, it was it was a learning curve for sure. Um, my freshman year was was my high school coach's first year. And I think that year we I got pulled. I started on JV, played a couple games, eventually got pulled up to varsity to a team that I think finished like five and 17, five and 18, you know, something like that. Not good. And and then my sophomore year, I played the whole whole year on, on varsity. Um you know, I thought we had a lot of talent, but it just wasn't, I don't know, we weren't there yet. Not everything clicked yet for us, and we finished right around 500. And then, you know, the big change in my high school career happened going into my uh, junior year. You know, we have, we got, uh, you know, Marcus Bingham's a guy who's who's playing in, had an Exhibit 10 for the Mavs right now. Uh, my buddy Jalen Mayfield's playing football for the Falcons right now. Uh, Mike Brown's bouncing around. We had athletes. Austin Braun's playing college basketball. I mean, we got... We had guys from one to fifteen that year that were were extremely high level athletes, and that pushed us over the edge there. And you know, we we kind of we played a poor game one night and got set home early in the in the state tournament, and then came back that next year with 
we, we lost a lot of those guys, but, you know, our, our basketball skill level took another jump. You know, we went seven, eight guys deep into the bench with college basketball players now and, you know, made a big run to state championship and, and fell, fell one shot short. They happened to hit the last big shot and, you know, hats off to them. That one still hurts me to this day, man. It's five years ago. And, you know, it was, it was a fun run for sure to be a part of that though. Cause it kind of changed the whole culture of, of my high school's basketball team. I mean, ever since then, that was the first state championship it's ever been to. And, since then, I think they've been to one. They've won two and been to three or four, maybe. And this year, they just got knocked out on a half court buzzer beater. So, so that was that was that was the first year since since my senior year. I think that they didn't they didn't end up in the state championship game. Right. Um, you know, a num a stop at the University of Indianapolis before you got to Southern Indiana. Can you take me through that journey of you know? What was it like coming out of high school and then going to the University of Indianapolis and then, you know, making your way to where you are now? Yeah, so I ended up at, at UND um, with, with Coach Gerard is, is the coach that recruited me there. He's he's my current coach, actually, as well. And, uh, you know, in high school, I, I lost my dad in 2017, graduated in 2018. And, you know, he was kind of my mentor. You know, everything, everything basketball related, I had questions, you know, about a guy, about a coach, like, what do you think about this, et cetera? I'd always go to him. And, you know, when I lost him, it was it was right when all my recruiting was starting to pick up and it was almost time for me, you know, kind of play my senior season, make that decision. And, um, you know, a lot of coaches kind of – a lot of coaches didn't really take a step back from recruiting to make sure that I was all right as a young man and that I was still growing into the young man that I needed to grow into. And, you know, uh, Coach G kind of – he stepped in and – you know, he didn't really talk about basketball much with me for a while. He kind of it was always it was always him trying to give me little nuggets there on what I can do to to you know keep growing and keep growing as a man in my career and a lot of things. And you know, I think that kind of sparked a connection between us. And I and that that's what made me want to go play for this guy. And I was like, yeah, I could see that working. And you know, I end up at UND for those couple of years. We were really good. Um, I, my sophomore year there, we we had the one seed in in the Midwest region. We're set to host the. Uh, host the the first round first few rounds of the tournament as a one seed and coach bring coach Gerard brings us up in practice and tells us COVID ends everything right and um so yeah it, it goes from there and now I go down this path where a few months later coach Gerard ends up calling our team into a zoom or not even a few months probably a few weeks and to tell us that he took a job here at southern Indiana and I guess I'm sure you're probably gonna ask how that happened too and it was it, it took him. So I, there's a few weeks there where I'm like, oh, I'm mad at this dude. Like, I don't, like, how are you going to leave me to, out to dry like this after everything we've done together? And once I kind of sat back and looked at the reasons why he did it and, you know, the benefits for him, it made sense. And, you know, there was still, there was still that, like, eh, like I wasn't happy about it, but, you know, I'm in the transfer portal now. And so at that point, I'm just trying to figure it out. I can't take a visit because of COVID. I can't, you know, I, I'm basing everything I know about these schools based on a, a Zoom call like we're doing. That's my visit. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, Coach Coach G calls me about a week after I've been in the portal. And, and he's like, hey, you know, you can come with me, right? And, you know, like at that point, I think it was that same phone call. I told him I'm in. I was like, let's do this. Let's get it done. And, you know, it's worked out great to to till now, to be completely honest. It's probably the best 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 decision I've made in a long time. Now, you know, when I introduced you, I mentioned that you're leading, you know, the OVC and second in the nation when it comes to rebounds. Um, and that's only behind the reigning uh, player of the year. So 
how are you able to grab the ball so often, you know, both on the defensive and offensive glass? Uh, ben, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I tell everyone else. I play hard. Um, at the end of the day, it's not – I don't have some special gift. I don't have – you know, I, yeah, there might I might be a little bit better at this – at getting a position than someone getting positioning, you know. But at the end of the day, I work. That's what I always pride myself on. That's what, you know, my mom always prides my game on. My dad always prides my game on. You know, coach, when I was a freshman in college, tell me, if you want to play, you're going to have to rebound. And – you know, it's it's not even just when you're out on the court. It's every day in the weight room. It's every day, you know, when I'm doing my workouts on my own, if I miss a shot, I chase it, game speed, get a tip, get a tip in, get another putback. And it, it kind of, you know, I want to say centering, making that the center of my game, making my rebound in the center of my game is, is kind of what's getting me a chance to do all the things I'm doing now and getting me a chance to play at the next level because, there, not a lot of people want to do that. Everyone wants to go score 30 points a night. Everyone wants to go, you know, make the highlight real plays. And at the end of the day, for me, I, I want to win. And, you know, I don't – it doesn't have to be pretty for me. And if that's what I got to do and that's what I'm best at and that's how I can help my team be be better and be great, that's that's what I want to do. And, you know, it's – and, and you know, that's, that's led me now. I think I was looking at with one of my coaches today. I think Oscar is a hundredth ahead of me right now. It's not he's I'm at like 13.04 and he's at 13.05. So it rounds up to 13.1. And um, you know, so I got a real chance to to lead the nation now, which I think would be a really cool thing looking back, you know, telling my kids one day down the road that I was able to accomplish that because you know, not many people can. You know, you you talk about how rebounding is kind of the center of your game there and everyone wants to score. You had a nice little two-game stretch towards the end of the season. Um, you had 50 points over two games between the Lindenwood and the Little Rock game. What was going for you there on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, it's honestly, I deal with a lot of double teams um, when I catch the ball in the post. And it it is hard to consistently score. If you if you look at my numbers right after that, uh, those two games, there was it, I think it dropped off a little bit, not horribly, but I. Uh, you know, in that game, I was just able to get in the right spots and, and you know, get to spots where I can make my moves fast. And, you know, that was the biggest thing for me. And the biggest part of my game that I think has grown going into this year is that, you know, I don't have – I can make my reads while the ball's on the way to me. I don't have to, you know, catch it and feel where they're at. And by the time you, I figure out where they're at, the double's already there. And um, – but really the biggest thing in those games is is when, when I'm surrounded by these guards and these shooters that we have in our team – and they're shooting the ball the way that they were over that stretch. It's it's really hard to focus on me in the paint because you don't want to leave a guy like Trevor Lakes or Isaiah Show Swoper shooting over forty percent from three. And um, so so when I have that opportunity to kind of just go to work one on one, I try and take my time and take advantage of that. You mentioned practicing, you know, twice here in the interview. What would you say is your favorite skill and least favorite skill to work on when you're in the gym? I, you know, my favorite, my favorite thing to work on, honestly, is probably my, my footwork. Um, I feel like that's something that it, if I look at, if I watch a video of me playing my freshman year and I watch a video of me playing now and it's just a waist down, all you see is like the person doing their moves that way. It, it I would never think that was the same person. And it's something that's helped me a lot. Because, you know, the better my footwork's gotten, the less the less work I have to do to score, the less, you know, it's a lot easier to score. The better my percentages get, the less tired I get trying to score, you know, and, and just the better the better shots you get, less turnovers you have, everything. And 
you know, working on my footwork has helped me expand my game a lot. And probably least favorite, man, that's that's a hard one. Um, I'd say, honestly, I probably I ball screen stuff. I don't like I don't like working on ball screens as much as as now as I did, just because it it feels repetitive to me sometimes. Even though it's it's such an important part of the game, it's I, I, something about it and just drilling it seems repetitive to me, even though I know I got to do it. <laughs> Stepping away from the actual basketball part of basketball, you know, we're in the day and age of name, image, and likeness. I saw in your Instagram bio you have some, you know, merchandise with Influence T. What's what's that like? You know, have you been able to take advantage of you know the new new era? Yeah, and uh, so so I do that. Um, that that was a cool opportunity they reached out to me about, and you know they've they've done a great job with everything as well. Um, and it's and and that's a cool company. And that's honestly something that I've been able to take advantage of, obviously, until recently because the rule change. Um, I remember the first summer or whenever that rule change happened. That first a few months after my high school coach reached out to to me, uh, Marcus Bingham, his little brother, Michael Bingham, and then Austin Braun and uh, Devin Boyd were all from that senior year team, and uh, was like, "Hey, like we should put together an alumni camp." And that you guys would run and, you know, we can do the NIL stuff that way through that. And that was the first kind of real taste of that I got. And honestly, to get to show up to that camp, you know, work day and, and get there and all right, kids start coming in. You're like, all right, there's 20, 30 kids. That's pretty cool. But then they keep coming. All right, that's 50, 60. And then they keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And to see that, it, it's honestly a surreal experience. And to be completely honest, you know, money aside and anything aside from that, it was you know, it was something I would have done completely for free just because, you know, to see how many kids that 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 was able to affect and reach out. And, you know, even if they don't want to play basketball 10 years down the road, I, I would like to think that that experience was something positive that they'll remember for a while. And it was it was a lot of fun in that. And it's stuff like that that would have never been possible and that would never would have happened if those rules didn't change. Now, what would you say, you know, has been your favorite basketball memory, whether it's, you know, collegially at Southern Indiana or UND or in high school or even before that, what would you say is that one memory that's stuck with you so far? Man, I see. That's a hard one. That's a really hard one. Um, favorite basketball memory. You know, it's hard. I think probably the coolest this isn't one specific memory and it's still kind of in process, but the coolest thing for me in my basketball career, actually, here's my favorite memory. I'll, I'll go back into this other part once again, and this just clicked. So going into my senior year, right after my dad passed away, is obviously a really hard time for me. It's hard. It'd be hard for anyone. It goes without saying, but that what was really cool for me and that I will never forget is, uh, is my, that state championship that year, we had this, we had a banner hung up across the wall above the student section in the high school. You said, uh, said Jimmy's corner is my dad's name. And it was, that was the student section. I remember coming out for layup lines in the uh, state championship game in the student section. I brought that with them and was all holding it in the front row of the student section. And, you know, the packed Breslin center, Michigan state's arena, it's packed thousands and thousands of people are there. And to see that was honestly probably one of the coolest things in my life, just because at that moment, it, it was like, all right, I got all these people behind me. Obviously, they'd been there that whole time, but to see 
to see the fact that they made the effort to bring that out there just to support me and support my family meant meant so much more to me than any basketball, you know, any bucket I've ever scored, any any win I've ever had because, you know, it showed how, how close that community is and how tight-knit that community is. And then, like, the, what I was saying earlier is currently being a part of this transition with USI to to Division One from Division Two, and being a part of the first team to do so ha- has been an awesome experience because – it, it's a school with so much history. They've won so many Division Two championships. They've won, you know, they've had great players. They've had all these dudes come through. And and to be a part of the team that's that's the first one to play Division One basketball, the first one to make it to the conference tournament, the first one to play in the CBI, you know, so many firsts to have the first Division One win. And, like, to be a part of that is something that's cool right now, but, I don't think I'll even realize how cool that is until 20 years from now. And I'm sitting there like, wow, we really, like, I was really a part of that. Like this school, this school's in, in this big conference. Now they've grown this much. And I was a part of it when it was down here, still transitioning. And, and that's, and that's something that's really special to me. And that's something that I'm, I'm really blessed to be a part of. Right. Um, You know, with COVID, everyone got an extra year. Do you have an extra year for COVID? So, all right. We it took us the longest time to figure out. So, I had a shoulder surgery. My the year I transferred from U UND to USI was right after like the big COVID lockdown where we couldn't even leave our houses. So my first year at USI was the year that there was like no fans, no in person classes, restaurants were still kind of whatever. And then I originally because I was an in conference transfer at the time, I would have had to sit out regardless. And so I was like, all right, I'll get my shoulder taken care of. Got my shoulder surgery done. And then probably a week after I got my shoulder cut into, the NCAA released the thing about transfers being able to play right away. And and so obviously it's too late for me to do that. So I was technically still ineligible that year because I never filled out the paperwork because I wasn't going to play anyways. And so I didn't get a COVID year, long story short. But, um, you know, at this point, really, I've been in college five years. Um, I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get a minor. And it, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go on to what's next. You know, I want to – I'm going to keep playing, hopefully, as long as I can. You know, keep keep playing a professional career and after I finish up here. But, um, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of ready. And it's it's bittersweet for sure. Um, you know, I love USI. I've loved every second I've spent here. I've ever, every second I've spent in Evansville and, you know, it's it's just it's one of those things where it's time you know it's it's been a long time and and I'm ready to take that next step all right um you know obviously it's March it's what a lot of people say is the best time for college basketball you got March Madness and everything I gotta ask who's your pick to win the tournament this year do you have your eye on somebody a special team honestly I don't see this year's weird it's I feel like usually there's those top three teams where it's like you, all right, it's going to be one of these three, but like this year, that's I feel like everyone's losing, and it's and it's it's cool. It's it, I haven't seen college basketball like that in a long time, and if I had to pick one today, my I'd, I'd want to say Kansas, but my long shot guess is going to be TCU. I like the way they play. I feel like they play hard, they play fast, and. I think their team that's playing playing good at the, at the right times too, and if they can get hot in their conference tournament, keep like I think they play Texas tonight, and if they can yeah. get one from Texas, I think that's momentum that you can ride in the tournament, and and you can go a long way with that. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
moving on to, you know, some outside of basketball questions, who would you say is your role model, model, you know, whether that is in basketball or just life in general? Yeah. You know, and I got a few, um, I, I've been, I've been blessed enough to be surrounded by a lot of people that, that, you know, kind of forged me into the man I am and kind of, you know, influenced me and, and led me down the right path, you know, so far. And honestly, the biggest one is, is my mom. Um, you know, at the end of the day, she's been through so many things. She's been through so much. And there's never been a moment where I felt like I didn't have, like, this strong, like, so strong, so independent, like, inspirational woman that I could look up to at any time and be like, you know what? Like, yeah, I had a bad day, but she's been through that much and she still goes and works 60 hours a week to make sure that I can eat and then comes home and cooks that meal for me to eat after doing laundry, doing dishes, everything after working all these hours. And it's like, all right, like maybe that, maybe that homework grade I got, isn't that bad. Like maybe I should just shut up and keep working. Maybe I should keep pushing through. And, you know, because I've seen that and because I've seen the way that she's handled her adversity and the way that she's, you know, she's grown from it and she's used everything that she's gone through to grow has been something that, you know, is honestly probably the reason that I would play so hard and I work so hard. You know, it's, yeah, my mom and dad raised me, right? They raised me to work hard there, but it's something to be said for, for learning from watching the people you surround yourself from, around rather than, you know, just them telling me to work hard. The fact that I saw, every day saw my mom doing the things she did for me, doing the things she did for our family and, you know, going to the lengths she did just to see me succeed and see, and, and be there to watch and support while I succeed. Or even when I, you know, at my all-time low, she's still there and nothing changes about her. Has always been the thing that, you know, inspires me most. All right. Um, you know, basketball takes a good amount of your time, I can imagine. Um, but if you do have that free time, what do you like to do? What would you consider your hobbies? Yeah, so I play, I play a lot of video games. I will say that. Um, big one right now is Call of Duty. It used to be Fortnite for a long time, but, you know, if I'm not doing homework or in the gym, I'm usually playing box or watching movies or TV, but I also got a dog and I like spending a lot of time with him, man. That, that it's, it's crazy. I don't know if you have a dog or not, but, um, yep, it's, you come home and no matter what happened that day, it's, it, they're so happy to see you there, you know, and they're, they're best friend. He's my best friend. I love him. His name's Echo. Um, and I spent a lot of time playing with him really in my free time and, you know, taking him on walks and hikes and stuff and, you know, just little things here and there. Like you said, you get real busy in the season and it's, it's really easy to kind of lose sight of the fact that you play basketball, your life is not basketball. And it's, it's really easy to kind of get surrounded by that and have everything be affected by, by how you played that day or what happened that day on the court. Whereas, you know, the court should be an escape from everything bad that happens outside of it. it as soon as it, as soon as you start treating it as that, that is when it becomes so hard to be successful and play because at the end of the day, there's so much stress and pressure, it's impossible. So, All right. Well, I got one last question here for you. You, know, you. you talked about it a little bit when it came to the camp and just having that impact on kids. But what would be a piece of advice that you would give to, you know, a high school or younger, or just somebody that's looking to take their next clout or take their next step in the basketball world? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, find something you really like and, and, and give everything to it. At the end of the day, there's going to be 
a lot of people who don't think you're going to be, you know, who don't think you're going to be good enough, don't think it's possible and think you're reaching too far. You know, my favorite example for me is a lot of coaches recruit me in high school, uh, college coaches recruit me at the division one level, told me that I wasn't athletic enough to rebound at the division one level. Now look at what I'm doing and be in that. And really at that point, honestly, they probably weren't wrong. I don't, they probably weren't. And yeah, I could always rebound the ball, but you know, when I heard that it, it became personal to me and that's, and I, I at that point, I was like, I really love basketball. I really want to do bad. I want to play basketball for a living. I want to, you know, I want to get my degree for free because of this basketball. And, you know, these guys don't think I can do it. That's fine because it's my goals and my dreams and my ambition. And at the end of the day, they don't control if I succeed in that or not. It, what, what it boils down to is the work you put in and it goes with everything, not even basketball, the work you put in, let's say you want to, you want to be a professional poker player one day. You got to put the work in, you got to study hours and hours and hours and hours. You want to be a good businessman. You want to start a business. You got to work hours and hours and hours to set that up. And at the end of the day, everyone's going to say you're failing. Everyone's going to say that you can't do it. But if you really love that and it's really worth it for you and you and you really go all in, you can do anything. All right. Well, like I said, you know, that was the last question I have for you. Definitely a good uh, piece of advice there. Um, but I just want to take some time here at the end of the, the interview. Just once again, say thank you for taking some time, sitting down with me talking a little bit about your story, man. Yeah, I again, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been, it's been fun. Of course, of course. Um, and yeah, with that being said, for Double FM Sports, I'm J.R. Mizrak, and we're signing off. Hey, guys, Ethan J.R. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double FM Sports. Jared's now going to talk about a partnership we've recently started with Made by Live. Made by Live is a local clothing design brand here in my college town of Morgantown, West Virginia. They make shirts with some of your favorite West Virginia athletes on them for a bargain of a price. Be sure to head over to the Instagram at made.by.live with two V's today. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode and make sure to check Made by Live out.